the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another thrill-packed edition of Unite, i.e. Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. And we see every day, practically every hour, the need for people to step up and perform the obligations of that most important political office. If you want little things like a free country, representative democracy, um, having a country at all these days. Uh, my guest co-host this week is Linda Forsyth from the Sea Vine Network, and you can find her good work at c-vine.com. And our uh, guest this week as a returning is one of our favorites, Brad Dacus. He is the president of the Pacific Justice Institute, and they specialize in defending parental rights and religious freedom. And more recently, they've gotten involved in what are your rights when you're being coerced into taking the experimental uh, coronavirus vaccine, had a great webinar the previous week, and he was also at the Redlands Tea Party Patriots this uh, this past Thursday on the same subject. Um, welcome to the show, Brad, and um, again, you can find there, correct that, you can find more about Pacific Justice at pji.org and sign up for their very informative newsletter of what what's happening in their cases and in legal developments. Welcome, Brad. Oh, it's great to the program. Thank you. Well, so that we see some governments are uh, at the state level or local level are trying, are trying to mandate this. And uh, more ominously, there are perhaps there are, there are uh, private businesses that are, trying to mandate this experimental vaccine. And at, at our Tea Party meeting, we had three of our member doctors presenting on the medical issues. But what about the legal issues? If, um, if the government says, we'll start there. If the government says, whether it's a federal or state or local, that says you must take this vaccine, what are people's rights? Uh, that's a real good, good question. Um, and... So let's give some different scenarios. Like you said, I think the, the employer tells an employee they have to have the vaccine. Is that right? Well, we're starting with the government. Let's start with the government, and then we'll get to the employer or the airline. Okay, so let's say the government uh, tells a private individual, say they, they go into the uh, Department of Social Security you know, to get a, a driver's license, say, for example. And the Department of Vehicles says, we won't give you a license unless you're vaccinated and you have a vaccine passport or can show you've been vaccinated. Uh, that uh, that would be uh, an illegal act of the government right now, uh, specifically because uh, federal law says that an emergency vaccine, specifically this one, according to the law, um, cannot be enforced, cannot be forced upon anyone by government. So government cannot require anyone anywhere uh, to have this vaccine because it is an emergency vaccine 
and statutorily, we're not even getting constitutionally here, but just statutorily, uh, it would be for, for uh, forbidden for such a mandate. Well, the uh, relevant sta- section of Title 21, Section 360, B-3, subsection 3, so it requires that the individuals to whom are receiving the emergency use authorization drug, which the vaccine is, are, they must be informed of, quote, the option to accept or refuse administration of the product, comma, of the consequences, comma, if any, comma, of refusing administration of the product. So I guess there's a, there's a real question here, and there's no cases, as I understand, construing this. What does this mean is, well, you have the right to refuse, but there may be, quote, consequences, unquote. Yeah, we've looked at it very intensely, the, the, the law in, in, uh, that you're looking at, the provision. And, uh, and our determination is uh, that, uh, that the government simply, um, practically speaking, cannot force, uh, force someone to have it. Uh, a vaccine that's an experimental drug. It's, it is, uh, that's how it's been ter- interpreted. That's how it's been applied. Um, so that is clear cut. And it's something not even really disputed, even by uh, legal counsel from on the, on the left. Uh, so that people should be confident. Now, the, the issue though, Greg, is what happens when the FDA, Food and Drug Administration, says, hey, it's not an emergency vaccine anymore. It's a full proven vetted vaccine. It has our stamp of approval. And uh, normally the FDA takes a lot longer than, than this. It's, they, you know, they go through with full vetting and they look to give enough time to see if, what the consequences are, et cetera. But let's say they're, they're pressured politically this summer to do that. And I think that could very well happen. Um, that would take this protection off the table as far as uh, actions by the government, but it still doesn't leave people without uh, the ability uh, to uh, to have different remedies to uh, stand up to a mandatory vaccine. What about semi-coercion? And by way of example, there was a uh, mili- a commander of a military base, I don't know how widespread this is, that ordered every, all the soldiers under, under his command is, if you're not vaccinated, you must wear your mask at all times, you can't leave the base, and you can't be deployed. Or in California this past week, the Cal OSHA is, re- is considering a regulation vet employers must require employees who are not vaccinated to wear their masks at all times. Well, it's not a direct, you must take it, but it's, it's significant coercion in that direction. Uh, yes, it is. And in fact, uh, it's interesting because, uh, you know, case law has said that, uh, that uh, effectively a vaccine is to be treated as mandatory if the consequences of not taking the the vaccine are significant uh, or substantial to the person uh, that uh, is has been given this directive. Uh, I think requiring someone uh, to wear uh, a mask and there's not a, a compelling justification uh, to do so, like uh, you know, like for example, let's say nurses, uh, let's say that. They're working in a hospital. They haven't had the vaccine. They're working with with patients who are, you know, on chemotherapy and everything else. Uh, could a hospital require a nurse to have to wear a mask uh, if they don't have the vaccine? Probably. Uh, but could they require the nurse to have a vaccine 
whether they like it or not. No, we actually took on a case like that in New Jersey on behalf of, uh, of several nurses who said, no way do we want this vaccine. And we were willing to wear a mask. And the hospital says, no, we're going to require everyone to have the vaccine, whether you like it or not. And we stepped in and we, and we prevailed. Um, that's a, a more extreme situation. But normally, I would say if they require someone to wear a mask the whole time, all the time, uh, that, uh, that that would be uh, deemable as an uh, a effective mandate because of the consequences, particularly if there's any health consequences that that person, that employee, for example, working for the government may be having to endure or deal with, um, i.e. their breathing, COPD, uh, asthma, etc. You want to jump into this, Linda? Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> oh, Brad. <laughs> I have just a few questions. Um, even though it is not mandated by WHO or even the CDC, hydroxychloroquine and, well, I believe ivermectin is too, are both FDA-approved drugs that have been around for over 40 years and have had minimal consequences with millions of people taking it over this period of time. Very well tested. There are a number, uh, I'm sure I'm preaching to the choir here, but there's a number of scientific studies. In fact, America's frontline doctors are uh, all coming out and showing what these scientific studies are, showing that not only does hydroxychloroquine prevent prevent getting COVID-19, but also if you actually are infected with it, uh, it if taken within the first week, it will, uh, on most cases, uh, completely eradicate COVID. So my question to you is, how can they mandate you taking a vaccine when there is alternatives that are FDA approved if you have a choice? I'll just leave it with that question. Well, I <laughs> the question is an obvious answer. I would say no, they can't um, mandate a vaccine, right? Because it's, it's an emergency vaccine. Uh, you know, but they're part of the reasons, though, for let's say it becomes a non-emergency vaccine by the FDA. Uh, you know, they could have part of the rational basis for re- re- mandating a vaccine is not uh, just for the, the person or the individual to to benefit, but to uh, to, uh, you know, pr- protect other people, you know, and others in our society who may be more vulnerable, who may not have the full benefit of of such um, antiviral uh, treatments. Uh, like hydroxychloroquine, uh, you know, I think that's a weak argument. But if the government, if they were to make it, uh, I can personally let, testify. I had I had a real bad case of COVID myself uh, in, in March, in the month of March, and uh, after two days, uh, my private doctor uh, put me on ZPAC and hydroxychloroquine. Uh, I was on them for for three days. Uh, and it just, you know, the, uh, I had a reaction to hydroxychloroquine. My joints were hurting more and more. The doctor got me off of it, and, and it took me longer to, re- to recover. But uh, it's indisputed, though, as far as the, the effect of both of that and the other antiviral you mentioned. And, uh, and in fact, the other antiviral was being administered uh, by Kaiser, which was one of the most uh, non-progressive, slowest, um, you know, inst- medical institutions when it comes to using uh, – you know, uh, new uh, medical uh, treatments that have any kind of controversy at all. So uh, I agree. It's, um, 
it, it really is illogical, um, but we're not talking about logic, especially when you have people like, um, you know, uh, public health officer, uh, you know, Barbara uh, Farrar, the, the fake doctor, who's not really a doctor, uh, you know, coming out saying we're going to require all the children next year to wear masks all the time, indoors, outdoors, when they're doing the athletic sports. It goes against the Center for Disease Control. Uh, it has no substantial uh, basis for it from a medical science perspective. And um, those kind of actions are really begging for further uh, legal consequences and liabilities for uh, public institutions like public schools. Some people that uh, are opposing vaccine coercion or mandates have cited to the Nuremberg Code. And this was adopted after World War II in the light of the heinous Nazi medical experiments on people as a a code of ethics to on possible human medical experiments because there's some there can there's value in in conducting such experiments and this just makes absolutely clear that to that a the subject cannot be subject of any force fraud deceit duress overreaching or other ulterior form of constraint or coercion does the nuremberg code have any legal significance? Not in terms of what we're talking about, because there's clear federal statutory uh, language. Now, if the government required something that was uh, genocidal and, or you know, uh, that would, I think that would, you know, come into play if there was another world court action like the Nuremberg trials, for example. Uh, but we have sta- we have statutory laws, and because. Uh, the highest law of our land is the Constitution of the United States. That would not be binding. That said, as a matter of policy, as a matter of um, international retribution, uh, it's, uh, it should definitely be uh, observed and, and taken, taken seriously, uh, you know, from, from that perspective. But, um, you, know, there's, you know, even on the Zoom call, we didn't talk about all the consequences. You know, I did some research myself, and I found that, uh, a, a journal from a doctor, an MD. Uh, let me you know, he, let's, pa- let's let's pause here. We're running a little past time here. Let's, we we need to hear from our sponsor, um, and then we're going to dive into the yeah. question of what happens when your employer or your airline or Costco require proof of vaccination. After this word from Ed Hoffman of Summit Funding, the place to go for your real estate lending needs, both residential and commercial. Back after this. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590 The Answer. By now, I'm sure you've all been hearing about the fact that mortgage rates have dropped a whole percentage point in the last 12 months. So what does that mean to you? Well, if you own a home, it means we can possibly, one, reduce your payment, two, pull out cash and pay off other bills, and then further reduce your payment, or three, we can possibly reduce the term of your loan and get your home paid off years earlier than you planned. If you're over 62 considering a reverse mortgage, the lower the interest rates are, the more money you get on a reverse mortgage. And if you haven't even inquired about a reverse, you owe it to yourself to investigate this tremendous financing option. So if you're thinking about any of these, the time to act is now. For more information, call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Summit Funding logo. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 590. The answer. 
Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. And our guest this week is Brad Dacus from the Pacific Justice Institute. And we were discussing in first segment your rights and remedies if the government tries to force you to have this coronavirus vaccine. And we're going to turn now is what happens when your employer or Costco or the airline or the cruise company, et cetera, require proof of vaccination. What, do we have any legal rights then, Brad? Uh, yes, you do. Um, and uh, one, one legal, first off, they can, general, the general rule of law is that stores can put up whatever restrictions they want so long as it doesn't violate the Civil Rights Act uh, or the State Civil Rights Act. Uh, they can generally do that. That's a general rule. However, um, you know, if someone is, uh, wants to go into Costco and they haven't had a vaccine, and they say, well, we're not going to let you come in because you haven't had a vaccine. Uh, and they say, well, look, I'll wear a mask when I go inside. And they say, we're still not going to let you go in. You say, well, um, actually, I have here a letter from my doctor showing that I have asthma um, or I have other, you know, or let's, let's say I have a, uh, that, that the vaccine would be uh, you know, detrimental to me. Um, I need to, I'd like to go, to go in. In fact, I don't want to, I can't wear the mask because of my asthma. Bottom line is, under the Americans with Disabilities Act, uh, merchants have to accommodate people with bona fide medical conditions uh, to the, you know, you know, absent a showing of a substantial burden on on the uh, on the company or the employer. Um, in fact, when it comes to em- employees, let's talk about that. This is real important. Um, if um, if an employer mandates or effectively mandates by punishing them to have to have a blood test every week or every other week, uh, as was cited in, in a, with a casino in, in Las Vegas. Um, if they have a private employer effectively mandates the vaccine, then they are assuming a liability uh, that if an injury happens to the employee uh, because of the vaccine, and we've seen the injuries. I know of some personally who is, uh, one has tendonitis in the ear in the hearing, uh, another person uh, has blindness in the left eye and numbness in the left side of their face, and it may be permanent. Uh, others have lost their, their smell ability potentially permanently uh, or have brain fog potentially permanently. Uh, those employers can be liable for that, to be sued and pay out heavy monetary damages because if they require it, um, then effectively they're liable for it unless they can hide behind some uh, statute, federal law or statute, mandating uh, every employer to, to require that. And such statutes and such language doesn't presently exist. And I don't think it will. I think that's clearly crossing the line. I think politically that would be um, way too far for, for many politicians, both sides of the aisle. So that's, a, that's a, a big defense that people have. And that's why employers are smart, number one, not to mandate it. Number two, to reasonably accommodate, particularly those uh, on the mask issue when it comes to um, health or, or concerns ba- validated by a doctor or pulmona- pulmonary doctor. Now, in the case of the private employer, do the employees also have a, if they have a genuine religious ex- ob- objection to the vaccination, do they have any rights based on that? Yeah, the answer is is uh, yes. Uh, under Title Seven, Section 701J, employers are required to reasonably accommodate the sincerely held religious beliefs and practices of employees. Now, I will say there is some bad case law on this. Uh, that said, uh, I do believe that um, that under, with, given the facts uh, that we have laid out, that this Supreme Court 
would apply that language to protect the rights of employees with sincerely held religious beliefs. Uh, but that is something that is, is going to require some litigation to, uh, to iron out at the end of the day. You know, and that's two, three, four years process from trial court up to, uh, to the Supreme Court. Right. But we at Pacific Justice Institute, uh, we, we stand ready um, you know, to do so. We'd like it ideally in a, co- a court uh, outside the Ninth Circuit. Um, ideally, uh, but <laughs> but people shouldn't hesitate to contact us, uh, give, you know, given their their situation that they may have. And that's important. Is is you may uh, is that PJI will represent people free of charge, and you have uh, and while our show is here local in Riverside and San Marino counties, uh, you have offices around the country and litigate around the country. Oh yes, we do. We have a, a case brewing right now again in Oregon. Uh, new mandates that are required, for example, churches um, to uh, not allow anyone entering the church sanctuary who's not vaccinated. And then we have in California another case brewing, uh, you know, dealing with a county that's telling churches they have to have all their employees and everyone, you know, fill out a survey whether they have the vaccine or not vaccinated, but they refuse to state and have that reported to the government. And uh, it's just it's a clear overreach of the government involving church matters and church affairs. Uh, and uh, so we've, we've, we're involved in a lot of litigation. We got that emergency injunction from the Supreme Court uh, last March against the state of California, Governor Gavin Newsom, on the uh, shutting down of churches unreasonably. And um, I think that we're, uh, we're going to continue our litigation completely without charge. If people want to, once again, they want this resource on what their rights are on the vaccine mandates. We've, we've done our homework, and it's without charge. Uh, it will be made available to everyone who signs up to get our legal insider Legal Insider on our website, pji.org, pji.org. Click Legal Insider, and you'll have a, a very valuable resource you can share with others as well and utilize. I'm a little bit monopolizing this conversation, but there's maybe a related area. What, what about the mandating it on the choice? Is, is you have a divorce situation, and one parent wants it, and the other parent doesn't. Yeah. Uh, I'm not a family law expert, but I will say, generally speaking, um, uh, if a parent wants, the parent who wants to have medical treatment um, usually prevails uh, against the parent who doesn't want medical treatment, whatever that may be, from a a licensed doctor, a DO, or MD. Uh, But I'm not a a family law expert, and, and someone in that situation should probably talk to a family law attorney. Uh, to see what nuances may uh, change the the outcome. In terms of a medical exemption to uh, to the, for the vaccine, uh, as I understand, the California Medical Board will come down hard on any California doctor that starts writing, that starts giving giving these. But what if I ha- I'm, I'm in California and I find a doctor in say Texas who will write that for me? Is that is that would that be effective in California? Uh, interesting. Um, under the American Disabilities Act, uh, it, uh, it arguably could be, you know, effective um, for for that purpose. Um, uh, for purposes of of, uh, of mandating, uh, you know, the state of California in terms of mandatory vaccines, say for kids going to schools and uh, and the like, their position has been it has to be from a doctor inside the state. Uh, and that's their position, uh, and uh, and you know that's 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 a hurdle uh, we've seen. Um, 
you know, could could uh, someone's laying claim to the American with Disabilities Act, though, could a doctor from outside the state be sufficient? Uh, we're looking at federal law, federal exemption. Uh, arguably, it, it could, but uh, on the issues of the schools, issues um, and kids, you know, opting out of wearing a mask or a vaccine, um, uh, the the general rule is is that it's it, it's it's not sufficient and it's not accepted by the state of California. I know there is a class action lawsuit on behalf of the more than 1,000 doctors who've been blacklisted because of their willingness to give medical exemptions to children who have specific medical conditions. Uh, it is extremely inhumane. I think it's it's a case that has a definite merit and, uh, and will hopefully uh, put the state of California in check uh, where they should be. We are up against a hard break. Thank you, Brad, for all the good work and being on our show this week. Um, and I know you have to run, so we'll, we'll, we'll have to carry on the show somehow. We'll, we'll try to muddle through uh, without you. And I would just say for closing this half, this, this segment, methinks they doth want everyone to take their experimental vaccine too much. Stay tuned for the second half of Unite, i.e. Radio. Hi, everyone. This is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590, The Answer. For those of you that are 62 or older and haven't taken the time to inquire into a reverse mortgage, here are some great reasons to consider one. One, you don't have to make monthly mortgage payments unless you want to. Two, a reverse mortgage can supplement your retirement income and allow your retirement savings to last longer, which will save you money on taxes or possibly allow you to delay taking Social Security benefits, which will increase your benefit when you do. Three, when you finally pass on, your kids inherit the home and the equity in it, along with the money that has accumulated in your bank account from not having to make monthly mortgage payments. Four, no prepayment penalty if you decide to sell the home or refinance out of it. And the biggest reason, it's your equity. Use it when you want it. Interest rates are low, which means more money available, so if you've inquired before and it didn't work, it may work today. Calling to find out more details is free, so call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Summit Funding logo. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. And, well, the, uh, the ruling class and the government and woke corporations and a whole lot of them deserve all the blame and criticism they get. Ultimately, the reason that our country and freedom and constitution and republic are at the precipice is that not enough of us are fulfilling the obligations of our most important political office. And voting is just the start of that. We had a great discussion in our first half with Brad Dacus of the uh, Pacific Justice Institute about our legal rights and remedies if either the government or your employer or the store or the airline tries to mandate or coerce us into taking the ex- now experimental vaccine, which may get a, a very uh, quick approval to be non-experimental, even though that process should take many years to uh, to go through all the trials. Um, 
So if you, if you missed that, check us out on the podcast because Brad was great and that was well worth it. We just had Memorial Day this past weekend in which we would um, we honored well, it's become a three-day holiday, and you know, as as Kamala Harris said about it, um, enjoy your three-day weekend. But the the real purpose of it is to remember those who gave the last full measure of devotion, such that we still have our freedom to uh, go have a three-day weekend and and enjoy it. There were a couple of videos that I, f- I found, uh, and I found particular. I mean, there's wonderful videos about honoring our fallen soldiers. But these two videos were talking about what Americans think about Memorial Day. And the first one is from Caitlin Bennett, and she's at, she goes out on, at various places. She's out on the beach asking the people out there, the young people out there, about Memorial Day. And let's see what she found. Why do we celebrate Memorial Day? Why do we? Uh-huh. It's not Independence Day. No. I'm horrible at history. Our memorial, I know memorial, you know, has something to do with death. For people that died, like our, like all our homies that passed away, and, you know. All, all, of, all of them? Any, like, specific homies? All of them. Where's the Peace West? Where is Pearl Harbor? Uh, New England. And Pearl Harbor. <laughs> New England. Pearl Harbor. Wait, what is it? Earth. Pearl Harbor. Pearl Harbor? Uh-huh. It's in Florida. In Boston. It's in Florida. Who did we fight in World War II? Come on, cause you smarter, Dad. Oh, I know we was in in the Asian in the Asian people, the Asian people. That was the South. In World War Two. Mexico. There's a big, big event, super bad, that happened during World War Two. Oh, England! It was England. The Boston Tea Party. When was the Civil War? 1962. Who was the president during the Civil War? Uh, uh, Rose, Rose, Ro- Rosa Park, not no, Rose. not Roosevelt. Roosevelt. Roosevelt, Roosevelt. I ain't gonna lie, I saw the history. <laughs> Branches Branch. of the military. Ooh, legislative nation. Wait, legislative? Agriculture. Uh, no, ju- oh, the executive. Executive. And judicial. 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 Those are the branches those of the military? Three. Yeah. Bro, those are yeah. And they vote. So there you, ha- there you have the products of the uh, government-run schools, and probably, given the, uh, if you see the video, a fair number of those that were probably in college or had, uh, had attended college, and that's what you get. And we can talk about whether, I think that's intentional, but let's not go off on that tangent right at the moment. There was another video and this is from, uh, this is from ca- uh, Campus Reform. And they went out on the streets of, of D.C. to uh, ask about Memorial Day. And you don't get much more knowledge, but there's a, di- there's a very different um, tone of hatred that they've learned hate. They've been taught to hate America. So let's listen, let's, let's, let's listen to part of this video. Well, they signed this petition right here to ban Memorial Day as a celebration of American imperialism. Let's see what they say. You know, we're talking about Memorial Day. Is this a holiday that you support? Is this something that you're going to be celebrating? Uh, I'm not celebrating. I don't think Memorial Day should be a thing that we celebrate personally. Okay, why not? Um, I feel like it's a celebration of U.S. imperialism and colonialism, personally. It's not like an attack on any individual, but more of a system. Absolutely not. Uh, I think it represents 
a lot of negative aspects of America and highlights something that, you know, people shouldn't necessarily be proud of. If we're going to honor and celebrate the dead, I think it should be those that lost their lives to, um, you know, genocide in America. Do you know why we celebrate Memorial Day? Um, I know it's like veterans. Yeah. Do you know why we celebrate Memorial Day? Not really, no. Um, to be honest, not really. You know, I did maybe like three years ago. Right. I mean, it's just like it's imperialism, been so. Yeah. I mean, it's to remember the fallen. It's a memorial and remembrance of people who have fought for our country. There's a, actually a problem with Memorial Day, which is that it, it is kind of memorializing American imperialism and kind of glorifying it. Yeah. Would you guys agree with that? Oh, probably, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Well, I have this petition here. Uh, kind of along the same lines, we're trying to get support to unrecognize Memorial Day as a federal holiday um, because of, you know, like you were saying, the American imperialism and the barbarism. Would, so would you be willing to sign this? Absolutely. Awesome. Would you be Would you be willing to sign in support of that, though? Yeah. Probably not because it's one of my bank holidays and I work at a bank. So, okay. Okay. <laughs> but um, I do think we should probably rebrand Memorial Day as yeah. something else. Like okay. let's let's celebrate something worthwhile instead of imperialism. I have a good feeling you're going to sign this for me. For sure, I'm definitely awesome. down. And the, as you see the this video, these are almost certainly products of the so-called university system which, if anything, is worse than uh, than the K-12 schools, although what was going on in the universities is now seeping down into the uh, into, into the government-run K-12 schools and even, even some other private schools. So you think you're safe having your kid in private school, and uh, that is by, uh, by no means so. There was just a story this past week of a very elite private school in, in New York City, and uh, they were uh, at first grade. The, the teacher was showing them... Um, uh, this is radio, this is the Salem Network, about how they can uh, pleasure themselves. First grade. And, that's in a, and that is in a private school. Um, this, may, this, may, this may be a greater threat than anything for the long-time survival of the country is dumbing down the, the, the children and the next generation and teaching them to hate our country. That's an understatement. Dumb down the children, not just a couple children, but almost a couple of generations now who had those those videos listening to them. They're horrifying. They're horrifying. Yeah, it's, somebody can be that completely clueless and ignorant about even the most basic thing that is supposed to be learned for people that even the, that are coming into the country to become citizens. I mean, that's why they go through what they do to be able to learn about America and the history. I wonder how they would answer if a straightforward question was, please describe to me what your idea of imperialism is. Oh yeah. I mean, in the second video that was just, that was just at this very talking points level of analysis. They've, this is what they've been told. This is what, and, and everybody, the professors thought, thought that everybody in the class, at least the ones, probably the ones that spoke all thought that no one, no one, and no one looked at it any deeper than that. No one looked at, well, okay, well, let's look at history and that everyone's country, everyone's, everyone's ancestors, if you go back, you know, would probably, you could find things that, uh, wouldn't pass, wouldn't pass moral or ethical muster today. But that doesn't, that doesn't mean you throw the whole thing out. That doesn't mean that America was not a quantum level improvement 
in human history, or in terms of freedom, in terms of representative democracy. It was, wasn't wasn't perfect, but neither was but neither was the neither was the rest of the world in 1776 or 1787 when the Constitution was adopted. So the left that's seeking to undermine a country never ever compares George Washington to his contemporaries. It's always, let's look at George Washington and when we focus exclusively on what we perceive his, as his moral failings, looking at it from today. The literal Lenin made a statement, famous quote. This is not verbatim, but the gist of it was, give me your children for four years and I will have them for life. Right. Uh, there's a similar one. Uh, give us the child for eight years and it'll be a Bolshevik forever. That's, that is correct. So we've got two generations of this going on. And of course, if they're dumbed down, they don't know any of this stuff. Then it's much more. Then it's much easier to uh, to uh, to lead them down the uh, the uh, communist Marxist socialist path. Ronald Reagan, he said in great address. This was his uh, his farewell address as president. He's talking about yeah, we, we've restored the pride and patriotism and so on, but we haven't institutionalized it. And he says that uh, if we don't remember what we did, we won't know who we are. And he talked about things. So if you were to tell any of these, you know, these, these people out there on the beach or on the streets of D.C., if you ask them, what does 30 seconds over, what does 30 seconds over Tokyo mean? I'll bet not one in, if it was even one in a hundred knew, knew what that referred to, I'd be surprised. I'd, I would bet the under one in a hundred rather than, than the over one in a hundred understands what that great event was. But that's one of those, that's one of those stories about what it means to be an American about how when we, our fleet had been destroyed by the Japanese at the outset at Pearl Harbor and they and the Japanese had overwhelming naval superiority in the Pacific two of our carriers snuck up to Japan and launched a surprise bombing attack with uh, B25s flown off the deck of an aircraft carrier which was never intended or they were never designed for and bomb and bombed the home island of Japan and it was a great morale booster for our side and it was a it was a shock for the Japanese, and it caused them to keep back their navy and air a lot of their naval and air units to defend the home islands rather than deploying them forward to to, to fight us. It was just a great story. It was a great event, but they don't know that they don't know what they don't they don't hear that, and that's just and that is just one example. Well, when you look at uh, individuals that were at the same age that our children are right now when they were uh, in D-Day. You know, how they were storming the beaches, uh, you know, 17 years old, not even an adult yet, uh, living truly what courage and everything is, gave up their lives for our country to, quite frankly, and they've been made into this, a bunch of spoiled, ignorant brats that, that have no idea about our country's history. And this is this is terrifying because this is what our future looks like, folks. This this is the history of where we are headed. And and I I believe it is entirely intentional. And Winston Churchill explained this is a little bit longer quote, but it's pertinent and important. He said that one of the signs of a great society is the diligence 
with which it passes culture from one generation to the next. This culture is the embodiment of everything the people of that society hold dear, its religious faith, its heroes. When one generation no longer esteems its own heritage and fails to pass the torch to its children, it is saying in essence that the very foundational principles and experiences that make that society what it is are no longer valid. This leaves that generation without any sense of definition or direction, making them the fulfillment of Karl Marx's dictum, a people without a heritage are easily persuaded. And I, found, I ran across that recently, and it explains what the enemy's domestic are doing. Is when you take away the history, then they are much more easily persuaded into communism, socialism, Marxism. And with that, we are again past time for a break. So let's hear from All-Star Collision, the place to take your car when you have an accident because they are truly the kings of rock and roll. Back after this. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. Uh, my name is Greg Britton, and uh, my guest co-host this week is uh, Linda Forsyth with Seavine uh, News. And you can find uh, um, her good work at c-vine.com. So we had a long discussion with Brad Dacus in the first half about our legal rights and remedies in the face of uh, mandated or coerced coronavirus vaccines. And we just finished discussing uh, the um, how how dumbed down and indoctrinated the uh, the current generation is. So let's turn our attention. This was this is what you wanted to talk about, Linda. Is okay. What the heck can we do about all of this? Well, <laughs> with everything going on, and and we see that there's a lot going on that's very painful. It's a matter of doing what we are allowed to do, what our American Constitution says we can do, and that is to peacefully assemble is in one way. Uh, we look at many other countries that don't have that luxury, and people are willing to give their lives to peacefully assemble to make their voices heard because they are muzzled. And with us being muzzled the way we are, uh, with the silent majority, so to speak, well, now's the time not to be quite so silent. In fact, it may be past the time. Uh, there are a number of parents that are going to school board meetings and putting their foot down and basically making a flat-out demand to shape up or ship out. And they are uh, laying out exactly what it is that needs to be changed, and they must be heard. And it has made quite a bit of difference in a number of places where they have done this. In fact, to such a degree, some of these school boards now are only having Zoom meetings so the parents can't attend. So cowardly. 
Uh, you know, I could go on, so I'm going to shut up. I'm going to let Greg come in. What do you think we should do? I, th- well, I think I think that's that, that's certainly part of it, and that's part of fulfilling your obligations of the most important political office is to be involved with your local government, uh, where you can probably have more impact than you can trying to influence what the Congress does or, or your state legislature, particularly here in California with a state of 40 million people and the, go- and the government run by the uh, neo-Marxist uh, Democrat Party. But, and run for office. So it's not just if you're school board, you're going down to the meeting and figuratively or literally pounding on the podium, but it's also, you know, you're going to run for office. Are you going to get out there and um, you know? And don't forget the inside game. These people are not necessarily implacably all our enemies. Some of them may be, but develop a relationship with them. Uh, get talk to them, and and you may not persuade them what you want, but at least you know who they know you, and you know them, and you may be able to over the longer run influence them. I think another whole another side of this of uh, what needs to be done is um, we talk about what's happening in the education system is school choice, and there's a there's going to be an initiative in 2022 for school choice, and that's one of the most important things that can be done, and this should be done everywhere in the country. Um, where in here, what's going to happen in our initiative is your child's share of state education spending will go into your to your child's educational savings account, and you as the parent can choose where to send your child. A government-run school, a private school, and if it's a private school, it can be religious, non-religious, any, any, any religion, and you can find the school that is best for you. And if you don't spend all the money, and you can often get a good private education for less than what the government-run schools spend— you get to save that money for college or post high school um, education, such as uh, such as trade school. So this is transformative, and it gives all parents the ability to get your children out of the government-run schools, where they're going to be dumbed down and they're going to be indoctrinated to, to hate the country. And now with this critical race theory stuff, they're going to be indoctrinated to be racist, to judge and treat other people based on the color of their skin. Another important area is economic warfare. And up to this point, the enemy, the left, has been way ahead of us in this. And they organize their boycotts, and businesses you typically crumble at the, and bow at their feet. But we need to do the same. We need to make these businesses economically afraid of us. And we have enormous economic power. We just haven't learned to wield it. And that's something in the Redlands Tea Party Patriots and in our Unite IE coalition that we are working on. Um, on a national level, a numeral 2ND vote, secondvote.com, is a good source of intelligence for this economic warfare. And we're, try- and we're working on putting together a directory of local businesses that are run by freedom-loving, America-loving Americans that we should all support. So those are those are two other areas, and there's there's, there's more than this. Um, somehow we have to get a handle on election integrity. I think we need to a strategy of separation. That we're going to separate ourselves as individuals and as in in the areas where we where we govern, where we control states, counties, cities. 
that we're going to separate ourselves from the socialists, globalists, and pagans as much as possible. Now, we can't ignore what's happening in the country, but we need to preserve for our own selves our areas where our traditions, our values can prosper and be passed on to, uh, to the next generation. So there's, there's a lot more to this of how, of how we're going to try to save our country and freedom. But those are, some of the, those are some of the, I think, in my mind, the most important things that we can be doing. Well, I think the biggest thing, and very well said, very well said, Greg, is we need to get off our behinds any way you cut it. And we need to do something, whatever your area of expertise is, uh, whatever it is that you feel you can do to step out and join together, uh, you know, join this Tea Party uh, or other local uh, groups that you have around you and work together. That's an excellent point, and, and that you're more effective as an individual if you're part of a group, such as the Redlands Tea Party Patriots, but there are other great patriot groups around the Inland Empire, and then your group is more effective if it joins with other groups in a coalition, and that's what we're trying to do through the Unite IE coalition, and there's one uh, there's what, trying to do the same kind of thing in Orange County. Uh, so that's absolutely is is it is to work collectively together. We are much more effective. The politicians going to care much more about a hundred people and a whole bunch of groups that are motivated on a particular issue than they are going to care about two or three people who come and speak in public comment. Last thirty seconds of yours. Uh, since I'm also recording this and I'm going to be putting this out nationally, I would like to just um, plant the seed that there isn't any reason that groups like this can't be formed everywhere around the United States in every single city, town, village, whatever. Get groups of people together that are like-minded, start planning what to do, and as Greg said, when there is more than one person coming out there, it makes a louder noise. One bee may sting. A swarm is another thing to deal with. Absolutely. And with that, we are out of time. Thank you, Linda, for being on the show and your good work at c-vine.com. Tune in next week for another exciting edition of Unite, i.e. Radio. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590 The Answer. By now, I'm sure you've all been hearing about the fact that mortgage rates have dropped a whole percentage point in the last 12 months. So what does that mean to you? Well, if you own a home, it means we can possibly, one, reduce your payment, two, pull out cash and pay off other bills, and then further reduce your payment, or three, we can possibly reduce the term of your loan and get your home paid off years earlier than you planned. If you're over 62 considering a reverse mortgage, the lower the interest rates are, the more money you get on a reverse mortgage. And if you haven't even inquired about a reverse, you owe it to yourself to investigate this tremendous financing option. So if you're thinking about any of these, the time to act is now. For more information, call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Summit Funding logo. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 9921, California, D.
CRE ID number 1012658, Arizona MLO license number 0926439, branch NMLS ID number 1841782, Summit Funding Incorporated NMLS ID number 3199, Arizona license number 0925837, equal housing opportunity. AM 590, the answer.